0: Pastor Daphne got this thing for me and she says, hey, you can use that and that way you can hold your Bible and you can move around and you can talk with your hands because that's the way you do things. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. Thanks, Pastor Daphne. And, and I forget to put it on almost every Sunday. So Y'all gonna have to, we're going to have to hire a, a staff member that just, meets, that just meets me up here and says, hey, man, put, your, put that thing on your head, dude. Um, so <clears throat> we're going to continue. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, thank you for joining us this morning. First of all, um, Listen, I think that uh, God has moved in this house, and I'm so excited about that. And I know that God wants to move today. And here's something cool. Um, God doesn't just move within these walls. Amen? And one thing that I always want to encourage with, with you, my family, is <clears throat> we don't just keep that goodness locked up in here. Amen? Amen? A lot of churches, if you go to an older church, a lot of times they'll have a painting on the door and it says, enter to worship, depart to serve. And we don't have that here. But every time I go to an older church and I see that, I think, man, that's so good. Because we don't wanna keep that goodness locked up in here. Come on, we don't just wanna worship on Sunday morning. We don't just wanna wanna petition the throne room on Sunday morning. We wanna take that goodness out of these doors and to our communities, amen? Amen. That's community church. Come on. Community church doesn't just mean community on uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Amen. It means community all the time because I know that we are kingdom people, part of a great community of believers. Amen. And I I better not preach that. That's a whole different message. All right. Come on. So we're going to continue to talk about prayer this morning. So if you want to, if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter six, um, we're gonna look at uh, at, at a way uh, that we are taught to pray. Uh, how many prayer warriors we got in the house this morning? Come on, if you are not, let me give a commercial real quick. If you're not signed up for our Mountain Movers intercessory prayer team and you know how to pray and you believe in the power of intercessory prayer, I want you to catch Pastor Daphne. She's not here this morning. She's ministering uh, somewhere else. Um, but I want you to catch up with her and get on there or uh, catch up with Sister Parker. And you can help people get hooked up, get set up on that, right? Okay. I, was, I didn't know that when I said that, but I was kind of hoping I was right. All right, cool. Uh, it, it, man, you start volunteering people for things. Woo! So listen, <clears throat> Sign up for those things because, let me tell you something, prayer absolutely works. And I just want to testify real quick. Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? Come on. Listen, uh, we prayed uh, urgently Sunday morning, right? And I love when my family goes to war like that. And, And it's so... Uh, for me, it's so good as a pastor that I don't have to say, hey guys, we need to pray. Here's how you pray. You hold your hands a certain way. No, I say to my family, come on, there's some Pentecostal people up in this house. And I say, family, we have an urgent need. We need to pray. And y'all just, y'all just do it. Come on. And that's so encouraging. But, uh, Sunday morning, we prayed for, for Mike Lewis. We prayed for Brittany's dad. Uh, and let me tell you something, God moved. We went over there and we, we saw, we, I call him grump. Uh, that's what my kids call him. We went and saw grumps. And y'all, I'm going to be honest with you, it scared me. I've never seen this man so sick. And I thought, wow, God, you, you're going to have to do something. And let me tell you something, he was on dialysis. Things were shutting down. But what was it, Friday? Yep. He went to rehab. He got out of the hospital and went to rehab. So, listen, he's on his way. He's not there yet. Okay, well, listen, they're letting him out. He finally got his wish to bust out of the hospital, and he's going to go to rehab. And they're going to help him get moving and everything. And so that's, come on, that's a prayer answered, family. That's a prayer answered. And um, let me tell you something. When we start looking at things through a lens that, that, that humanity has given us, we start to freak out. Um, When we look at somebody that is very, very, very ill, and we think, wow, you know, it, it looks so bad. Let me tell you something. You can't dwell on that because God is so much more powerful than a disease. Amen? Amen. And sometimes, let me just, let me say this because I don't, want, I don't want people getting upset. Sometimes God heals someone by bringing them to him, right? Sometimes he heals someone by bringing them home. But I don't ever give up on this side of eternity. Come on, I'm a faith person. And I don't care. Doctor comes in and says, there's nothing we can do. I say, you? Come on, but I know somebody who can. And listen, I just, I just wanted to testify on that this morning. So we're talking about prayer. And there's, there's a couple of things that prayer is we need to remember. Number one, prayer is communication. And if I cough a little bit this morning, I apologize. I get in some really bad dust, and it's still in my throat. So thank God for First Lady. She brought me some smart water, so that's going to help me read good. So anyway, uh, the first thing, prayer is communication from us to God, okay? Prayer is communication from us to God. Communication is important, right? Uh, You know anybody that doesn't communicate well? Stop, no elbows. Stop, stop. I saw y'all in them elbows. Y'all, every wife in the room was getting ready, man. I saw it. Man, listen, communication is so important. Communication is so vital. If If you get to where you're not communicating with somebody, you can have a lot of problems, amen? You can have all kinds of stuff go wrong, and uh, people be showing up at the wrong time and at the wrong place. So communication is so, is so so vital. God communicates to us in, in a multitude of ways. One way, um, I love my father-in-law, he preached a message talking about text messages and he said that God sent the best text message of all time right here, amen? So God communicates with us through his word. Come on, he communicates with us through his people. Um, but we've got to make sure, church family, that we hold up our end and communicate as well. Come on. It can't be like that phone call that you were on for four and a half hours when you were 14 years old with your girlfriend. Okay. Y'all, did y'all ever do that? I remember one time I was sitting there on the phone and we're just breathing, but it's nights and weekends, man. So we can breathe. We can breathe for four hours and nobody's going to get in trouble. Listen, it can't be like that. You got to communicate. So the second thing prayer is, is prayer is Powerful Come on somebody Come on Can we celebrate on that? Prayer is powerful If you have a situation I want to pray with you Uh, Normally we invite our prayer leaders to come down And we intercede with each other We anoint with oil We believe in this house That when we pray God listens Amen And if you have never fasted and prayed I want to encourage you to try that as well And a fast doesn't necessarily mean That you don't eat something for a whole week It could be a day. It could be that you fast something. Come on, maybe you get off social media for a month. That'll get your life straight, right? Amen. Listen, but if you've never fasted and spent time in in, in serious prayer uh, while you're fasting, I encourage you to try that and just see what God can do powerfully in your situation. Prayer is powerful. Just by a show of hands, because I just love testifying who has had somebody pray for them and, and God changed the situation? Come on. Come on, by a show of hands. Woo, so good. Thank you, Jesus. We believe in prayer in this house. The, the third thing, prayer is not meditation. Pastor, why do you keep picking on meditation? Because I want to make sure that we understand what prayer is. Prayer is communication. Prayer is focus. Meditation is an Eastern thing, and let, let me tell you something. You can you can clear your mind and relax and be at peace, but when you begin to meditate, uh, it worries me a little bit. We had a guy come in one time at a, a pastor's meeting, and I was there because they were frying chicken, but. Uh, this man came in. Come on, thanks for backing me up. Uh, it's, it's the Assembly of God thing, right? And uh, somebody told me uh, right after COVID, they said, Pastor, are we still in the Assembly of God church? I said, yeah, we got a sticker on the side. He, well, he said, well, we don't do afterglows anymore. And I said, don't worry, we're going to start doing that again. So anyway, we went to a pastor's meeting, and this guy came in. And he said, hey, I want to do a little prayer coaching. And I was like, huh, what? And uh, he said, we're going to do some prayer and meditation. And I was like, all right. And this dude, he just gets in front of us, and he's like, do not talk. And I'm like, wait, you're supposed to talk when you, okay. And he just, "Mm," and I was like, whoa. And it was like some Eastern stuff. So here's the thing about prayer. Prayer, meditation empties your mind, okay? That's what they teach you when you do, uh, you're not gonna catch pastor doing yoga because if I get down there doing some, whatever they do, I ain't getting back up, all right? I'm gonna lay there and take a nap on that mat. (laughs) But listen, um, uh, meditation, they teach you to clear your mind. What prayer does is focuses on what God is doing and on the task at hand. You know what? Maybe I need to focus. God, I need you right here in this moment. Somebody is hurt. Somebody is sick. Somebody is dying. Somebody is going to hell, and I need to focus in on that, and that's what prayer is. It is not meditation, so don't let somebody that's trying to sell a book tell you that prayer is meditation because it's not. Woo! All right, the fourth thing. Prayer, come on, I'm going to get on y'all on this one. Prayer is not just for Sunday morning. Come on. And it's not just for Sunday night. And it's not just for the 700 Club, somebody. Okay. Prayer is something that you have access to. It is your lifeline. Hey, throw my slide up there, by the way. I forgot about it. Um, It is your lifeline. Come on, if you go, anybody ever do rock climbing? No? No. I looked at some rocks one time and I thought there's no way I will ever climb where it's at. You remember we went and camped? We went and looked at them rocks? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No sir. No sir. But see so when you're when you're climbing. You gotta have that lifeline. There's a young man from Spring Hill, and I've been, I've been watching, he's posting videos on, on YouTube and Facebook, where he's climbing up these radio towers. And I guess he's changing bulbs or he's doing maintenance, and he's got this lifeline. And that is a very important piece of equipment, right? Listen, let me tell you something about prayer. If you're not holding on to that, man, I tell you what, you don't want to be, you don't want to be severed. Come on, I don't want my connection with God severed. So what is the best way to connect? It is to pray. It is to hold on to that lifeline and make sure that it is secure. Check both ends, make sure, hey, hey, is it secure? Is it secure? Follow it all the way up. Is it secure? Analyze your prayer life. Am I praying enough? Uh, am I getting alone to pray? Am I praying the way that Jesus says to pray? And that brings us to our message. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about the way that Jesus taught us to pray. That sounds good. That's a good teacher, right? Amen? Come on. Uh, one of the coolest things about going to one of Jesus's TED Talks is that dude will feed you fish. Come on. And if you could feed me, I'm going to come and I'm going to try to listen. Listen, so last week, uh, we, we talked about what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you pray, don't use a whole bunch of words. Don't use a bunch of titles. Uh, don't try to make God see you because you know somebody. He said, the pagans will pray and they will start name dropping. You ever know? you ever knew somebody that would name drop and you're like, okay, dude, I get it. Dude, I get it. You met somebody one time. You went to GeekCon. You know, you could go to GeekCon yesterday in Shreveport and pay like $47 to take a picture with a D list celebrity. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. And so. <laughs> People will name drop. And that's what these people were doing when they prayed, they were name dropping. They were saying Caesar and all these other names to try to get, God, get, get their pagan God's attention. Hey, I know somebody, shouldn't you listen to me? Let me tell you something. Jesus says, don't do that because the very first part of this prayer, he says, our father in heaven. And that is so good, y'all. That's so powerful to me. The word he uses for father is Abba. And that name means familiar, but strong. Come on. How many of y'all had a strong daddy? And you thought your dad could like pick up anything and move it. I remember one time, my dad, uh, my brother and I flipped a four-wheeler over and he went over and he just, he just got under it and flipped it back over. And I was like, bro, my dad's an incredible hope. He ate all the spinach on earth, man. He's so strong, you know? And uh, so let me tell you something. Your dad may have been strong. I hope he was. I hope your dad had those big strong arms that would just hold you tight. But how much stronger is our father in heaven? Amen, amen. So we're gonna look at the next part of this verse. So Jesus says, this is how you should pray. He says, um, our father in heaven, hallowed, Or hallowed, it depends on if you hold your pinky out when you drink. (laughs) Hallowed be your name. Okay, so what does he mean by that? What does that word mean? Hallowed, hallowed. It means make your name holy. And we're going to come back to that. So this prayer, I want to break this down just a little bit. Stay with me. We're going to do a little bit of exposition this morning. Come on, everybody good? You good? Come on, stretch. You need, anybody need to stretch? We're okay? All right. I know it's raining. Rain's are, rain is good for naps. So just bear with me a few minutes. I want to give you something good, okay? So there are uh, two, <clears throat> we can break the Lord's Prayer down into uh, six requests here. And some theologians call the first three "thou" requests or "thou" petitions, and the next three "we" petitions. Because the first three, uh, "Hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done," those all focus on God and His power. God is big. God is strong. It focuses. <coughs> excuse me. It focuses on those things. Uh, the next three focus on. We, what he can provide for us. These are we petitions. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive, forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. And so um, the way that Jesus praises prayer is so cool, guys, because every part of this points to a holy God that is big and that is strong, but is accessible. Come on. And he makes community here. We are together worshiping this God who's big and strong but accessible and loves us, so the first thing I want to look at remember we 're talking about how we should pray, how we should walk into prayer. I think when you pray you shouldn't you shouldn't just recite something okay, a lot of churches recite the Lord's Prayer, a lot of churches uh, churches recite prayers like benedictions I think that's okay, but I want to make sure that when I pray i'm not doing it just to recite, but I 'm doing it to connect amen uh, so a lot of times on Sunday mornings when we leave, I'll I'll pray over you and I'll say, uh, I'll use the uh, the blessing that the priest would use in the Old Testament, and he would say, uh, uh, "May the Lord keep you, may the Lord bless you, may He turn His face upon you." And that is a recited prayer. But let me let me tell you, your pastor means it when I say that. And so uh, we want to approach God with sincerity, and that's what we talked about last week. So uh, this week. Uh, I want to give you three things as we as we get on our knees to pray as we start to petition God I want you to keep these three things in mind. Number one God is Holy God is holy. What does that mean? Let's talk about it. Jesus says uh, He says our father who is in heaven Holy is your name, but he says make your name holy. Wait a minute guys can you make God holy? Huh? That's like saying, hey, fire, be hot. Yeah. That's good fire. You good and hot. We, set, we, we lit a fire in our house. This was so dumb. I shouldn't say we, it was I. Listen, when we moved in our house, I was so excited about having a, a, a stinking fireplace. And it was like August. And I was like, Brittany, I'm gonna test the fireplace out. And she was like, huh? So I went in there and I built a fire in there. Ryan, Ryan it has a switch. If you push that switch, you know what happens? All the heat goes through the whole house. Don't do that in August. Okay? A good fire. A good fire is hot, right? But so when you say, God, make your name holy, is that kind of a paradox? That doesn't really make sense. God, you're already holy. How can you make your name holy? And so this is what Jesus is, is referring to. This is what Jesus is referring to. In Ezekiel 20, if you can bring that up for me, brother, God... Um, demonstrates his holiness through miraculous acts. So here's the thing. God, uh, God's name can be defiled. Can I I say that? God's name can be defiled. What do you you have to do to defile a name? Have you ever went somewhere and maybe somebody that was working at the place you went to uh, didn't do a great job, and you said, well, I'm never going back there again. I will never go back to Burger King because no one in there is an actual king. Come on. And you get mad and you get on Facebook and you're like, Burger King is just terrible. That person, maybe they acted out or they're having a bad day. I try to be graceful, especially with people cooking my food, because I don't want to eat nobody's spit. All right? I am so afraid somebody's going to spit on my hamburger. Listen, but you can defile a name. Come on. If you act out and you're wearing a uniform, that's when people get fired, y'all. Because they defiled the name. And so what happened was these people in Israel, they acted all crazy and they did a bunch of terrible things. And they defiled the name. They defiled the holiness of the name of God. They didn't make God less holy, but they defiled his name. So this is what he says. Then you will know he's, this has all happened, and God's telling them what's about to happen. He's telling them what he's about to do. He says, Then you will know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the land I had sworn with uplifted hand to give to your ancestors. There you will remember your conduct, all the stuff you did, and all the actions by which you have defiled yourselves, and you will loathe yourselves for all the evil you have done. You will know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake. And not according to your evil ways and your corrupt practices, you people of Israel, declares the sovereign Lord. So here's what God does. He comes in, and he begins to restore. He says, you guys messed up, and you did a bunch of stuff, nasty, terrible things, but I'm going to restore, and my name will be made holy. So God makes his own name holy by demonstrating miraculous acts miraculous restoration. Come on, some of y'all have had God demonstrate his holiness in your life, because you were really messed up. I remember, So we, Tiffany, thank you for hanging out with us this morning, but I was talking to Tiffany this morning right before church started, and I said, hey, you remember youth camp? Because Tiffany took me to youth camp the first time I ever went. And let me tell you something, homeboy was going through some stuff, right? First of all, I was deathly afraid of shampoo, okay? <laughs> That's the first problem. All right, Brittany said, when we got married, she said, either you shaved your head or you washed your, no, that's not what happened. Listen, I was deathly afraid of shampoo, and I was seriously messed up spiritually, okay? But God demonstrated his holiness. So when we pray to God, and we say, holy is your name, what we're saying is, God, demonstrate your holiness. Move. And so I want you to do this every time that you pray. I want you to approach the throne boldly, come on, with that attitude. God, I Number one, you're my father and you love me, and I believe in your power. I believe that your name is holy. I believe that you can do this. The second thing, God requires holiness. Listen, we want to have close relationship. We want to have close walk with God. We have to live a holy life. Is that even possible? Somebody said, I don't know, man. Listen, I think this is what God does. I think God loves us very much. And I think that God knows us in and out. God knows us better than we knows, know ourselves. And I was speaking with someone yesterday and they said, Pastor, I just I feel like I sinned and I just feel like I'm out of the plan. I'm out of the grace of God. I said, Listen, I think, I think this is what's happening. The fact that you know that, the fact that you know you messed up and you want God to restore you, I think that you're right where you're right where you need to be. And that's on the way back into those loving arms. Amen. So God requires. Holiness. Um, in Isaiah 6, uh, Isaiah has a, a vision. And remember, this is the Old Testament. And the way that they, had, uh, the way that they dealt with sin back then is they go find a goat. And the goat's like, hey, what y'all doing over here? Okay? And they would take one goat and they would sacrifice that goat as an atonement sacrifice. And the other one, you ever heard the word scapegoat? The other one would be sent out into the wilderness. Let me tell you something, church family. That's what God does with your mess ups. Come on, is that good? you catch that? They would take the second goat and they say, you go away. You live, but you go away. You get out. That's what God does with our mess ups. That's what God does with our unholy behavior when we come to him. And so Isaiah, he has a vision and he wakes up in the presence of God. He's right there at the throne and there's angels flying around and he goes, oh no, I'm dead because I'm unholy. I'm a sinner and I can't be in the presence of God because he is holy. What would happen if you got too close to the sun? Come on, you got on a spaceship with Elon Musk and you flew too close to the sun, you would combust. And that's what Isaiah thought was gonna happen to him. He thought, I'm gonna die because I'm unholy and I'm in the presence of a holy God. But this is what God does, he shows Isaiah something. They, uh, one of the angels pulls an ember he pulls a coal out of the bottom of the altar of sacrifice and he touches it to Isaiah and Isaiah's whole body is cleansed. And this is, a pre, this is kind of a, an example to Isaiah that there is a cleanser coming. And so here's the thing guys, I think that when we pray, we need to, examine ourselves during that prayer time. God, am I, is my behavior okay? Does it line up with your character? Come on, it, it, the things that I'm saying, do they line up with your character in the way that you speak to me? I think we need to examine ourselves every time we pray. Come on. The third thing, and uh, band, if you guys would come back, if you guys would join me. Um, the third thing I wanna look at this morning As we talk about holiness, listen, we want to, uh, when we seek God, when we speak to God, I think that we need to speak in reverence. Yes, he's our father. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he knows us in and out. But he's God. And when when I speak to God, sometimes I get overwhelmed because I think the creator of the universe is listening to my problem. Wow. Wow. So here's what happens family. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is a small it's contained in a small book that you can miss if you're flipping through and you're looking for something exciting like Psalms where David is just singing a bunch. Come on. If you're looking for something big like that, you can skip right over this one. It's called Hosea. And what happens in this book, and this is such a good story where God talks about the way that he can restore and the way that he can forgive. God, uh, God leads Hosea to marry a beautiful young lady. And can you, I want you to, I want to set the stage real quick. So Hosea goes in, he sees this young lady, he says, wow, she's beautiful. And God says, that's the one, that's the one. And he goes over to her and he, he says, hi, I'm Hosea. And uh, she turns around to her to him and she says, hi, my name is Gomer. Gomer, what a beautiful name, right? Mm. It just rolls off the tongue. Woo, Gomer. But listen, so God says, hey, she is for you. And so Hosea brings her to his home and uh, they have children, but all of a sudden, Gomer begins to sin against her husband against her betrothed against the one that provides and and loves her so much and Gomer embraces her sin and what she does family is she leaves she runs away she says I'm diving full on into this unholy lifestyle and she embraces her sin she goes to work at the temple of Baal. And She goes to work and, and be a temple uh, prostitute in an unholy place. And she does all kinds of unholy things with unholy people. She just ate up with this nasty stuff. And you and I would look at that and we would say, man, that's a bad situation. That's totally messed up. But church family, can I just, can I share something with you this morning? Probably every last one of us has been in the same spiritual situation. I don't think you've gone and worked at the temple, okay? But spiritually, we've run away. We've run away from a God who loves us. So here's what God does in his goodness. He says, Hosea, go get her. Hosea says, what? He says, go get her goes in. And here's the thing, church family, Hosea doesn't just walk in and say, that's my wife. He has to buy her. So he purchases her at a high price. He brings her home. He restores her. And God says, love her one statement that Hosea makes, and he says, I bring you home, and I love you, but you can't run away. You have to stay here. Church family, what this all means, this is an example of what Jesus did for us, what God did through His Son. There are times in our lives when we've run away and we've embraced our sin and we've embraced just nasty stuff. And maybe we thought we were having fun, but we were so messed up. God, thank you for saving me. And so he buys us back with a high price and restores us, but here's the thing talking about holiness God restores us but he says you have to remain if you run off again that's on you you have to remain you have to stay close to me listen God there's not a, there's not a time where God gets up and says hey I'm a bounce you're boring that doesn't happen but there are things we can do to wander away but just like If you have, let's bring it back to this father example. If you have children, especially boys, you know what it's like to have a child wander off, especially in a store with stupid clothes racks. Why do children want to hide in those? (coughs) Excuse me. But what do you do? What do you do? Kid runs off what do you do? You're like, man, I'm done with that jerk. No. Some of y'all get real desperate. Okay. I try not to panic when mine start wandering off. But when you bring them back, what do you do? You might correct them. You might say, do not do that again. You scared me. And I want you to remember when we pray, when you petition the throne of God Almighty, that that moment is a child coming to their dad. Come on, that that moment, when I get on my knees and I pray, God, I need you in this moment, that's to him, that's the same thing as a little one coming in, you just hold them tight. That is what God wants with us. But church family, we have to be careful the way that we act, the way, the things we say, because we serve a holy God. And if we don't strive for personal holiness, come on, if we don't strive to follow and live our lives following the character of God, listening, loving things begin to get in the way. So let me recap, uh, le- recap really quickly, and we're gonna close. When we pray, Abba, Father, you love us. Remember, when you pray, you pray into a God who knows you, and wants to hear from you. And when we pray, we should have faith that every prayer can have a miraculous answer, amen? every prayer listen there's no prayer that's too little for God I love hearing about the kids at the daycare and the preschool praying about things somebody gets stung by a wasp and these kids are out there praying come on God doesn't say oh, that's too little for me no so when we pray we expect God move demonstrate your holiness and when we pray we look at ourselves and say God remind me where I stand, bring me in close. Would you stand with me this morning? I just wanna pray together before we leave. God, thank you for this group of people. God, I just pray that you draw us in close. God, if there's someone here this morning that says I've wandered a little bit, God, I want you to remind them that you love them so much and that God, you don't don't give up on us. God, I pray that when we pray, when we call out on your name, that we do so with boldness.